Ladies and gentlemen, this is Jan Scruggs. I'm the president and founder of the nation's Vietnam Veterans Memorial, which is on the mall in Washington, D.C. And a uh, wonderful thing gets 5 million people a year that visit it. And uh, I meet so many interesting people and uh, recently met Glenn uh, Blumhorst. And uh, it's a difficult name to completely understand. But uh, he comes from a family that has a lot of uh, really important accomplishments. Uh, his dad was in the Marine Corps, and and there's plenty, plenty of military service in his family. But uh, Glenn really wanted to do something else with his life, and uh, he wanted to serve in some capacity. And he chose the Peace Corps, and he's had an, an amazing career. He's uh, visited over 70 countries and and uh, met some leaders from all over the world. And uh, this is good. So at this time, I would like to say hello, Glenn. How are you doing? Well, it's, uh, good to see you, uh, Mr. Scruggs. Thank you very much for inviting me to be here with you. and. Uh, it's a great opportunity to visit with your listening audience. Uh, I'm doing well this morning. Thank you. Yeah. So when you're traveling in a, a place like Africa or, or Central America, what kind of uh, what kind of people do you meet? Do you, do you meet the local village chiefs or the federal authorities for their country? Who, who do you meet? Well, that's a great question. I meet uh, generally with all kinds of people from all different strata of society and economy and politics. And uh, But where I feel probably most comfortable is out in a small village, meeting with families um, who ultimately are the uh, partners in the work that, that is done by Peace Corps volunteers and by those of us who are working in development work. Uh, but from time to time, there is opportunity and uh, to meet with individuals who are leaders um, of uh, the country and, and different parts of the um, um, economic and societal uh, sectors of, of the countries, uh, such as uh, the ministers and and uh, secretaries of different departments uh, that uh, we would work with. Um, I've met with several presidents of several countries, uh, but again, where I probably feel most comfortable and feel that we can connect the most directly with uh, people uh, on a people-to-people -people basis is out in a adobe hut or a village uh, where I can visit with families uh, that I can relate to. Explain to me and to our vast uh, listening audience here, what is it that motivates uh, someone like you or the thousands of others like you who travel the world and uh, who help uh, people with agricultural projects and and uh, all kinds of good things that bring friendship to our country. We need friends, not enemies. Enemies are very expensive. They tire. They tie you up. Let's put them that put it that way. So, what is it that says to you one morning, "I'm going to be a Peace Corps volunteer"? Well, as you mentioned, I come from a family of national service, uh, having uh, grown up with a father who uh, had served in the Marine Corps, 
Uh, I had an uncle who served in the army in Vietnam. Uh, it was uh, you know, a family tradition, if you will, if not an obligation to serve our country in one way or another. Uh, my brother um, uh, ultimately served in the army as well in uh, the Gulf War. And uh, so as I completed my high school education and started thinking about my future, that wasn't definitely an option for me. But I, I did go on to college. And while I was there, I was introduced to this, um, this thing called the Peace Corps. And it really resonated with me in terms of what probably was an idealistic spirit uh, to get out and, and help others and humanitarian assistance, um, as well as, um, you know, the opportunity to see the world. And I'd never left the country up to that point uh, and not much even beyond the state of Missouri where I was from. So uh, it really appealed to me. And I think in some way, too, there was some self-serving interest it you know i knew it would provide me an opportunity to learn a language maybe and also uh better understand different cultures and and uh, you know certainly something that would prepare me for maybe a career in international work uh, beyond that so uh, you know multiple reasons but those are kind of the reasons that i i felt uh, drawn toward the peace corps um i uh, considered military service but ultimately chose to serve uh in the peace corps and it was a life-transforming experience, uh, living and working in Guatemala for three years um, at the village level, side-by-side uh, -side with farmers and and uh, others who were uh, you know, aching out of living uh, on a small piece of land and, and um, really you know, just building friendships with those individuals that have lasted to this day. And I'm, I'm still in contact with most of them um, remotely by, you know, by online means and, and sometimes even in person. Yeah. Well, you know, 40 years ago, I had the idea for a National Vietnam Veterans Memorial, and obviously it's been an enormously successful. So I had a vision for what I wanted it to do. I wanted it to be a place where people could uh, sort of let go of some, of some of the anger they had and heal some of the wounds from PTSD. I had a considerable amount of PTSD when I returned from uh, the Vietnam War. And, uh, and uh, so I wanted this to be a place where people could get together. Now, the monument you have, it's very nicely sited near Capitol Hill. Uh, you need another six or seven or $8 million to <laughs> get it built. But you know what? There are... There are plenty of markets kind of for memorials in Washington, D.C. Right now, there's a capital campaign, which is almost completed for the Desert Storm Memorial. There's another campaign for the uh, Desert, for the War on Terror Memorial. And uh, that's a very interesting project. I actually kind of got it started for them and handed it off to uh, the veterans who served in that war, not me. <laughs> One war was enough. I, I couldn't quite do it. But uh, so recognizing that there's opposition, that there's really no particular opposition to this, you know, this is good, you know, something that will solidify some of our our friendships with other people and, and let the world know that we, we build war memorials, of course, for our 
brave soldiers who who die and who serve and, and some who die. But uh, the most important thing right now is that they uh, is that we focus on you guys, you people who join the Peace Corps and who do these great things in little places like Guatemala and, and so forth. And uh, this is an important service to our country and it's very much appreciated. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the vision for the memorial, how this came about, and then we'll figure out how we'll get that. I can help in some small way get it done. Well, thank you, first and foremost, uh, for your visionary leadership in establishing the Vietnam Veterans Memorial. Um, it's a place that I've visited a number of times and a number of my family members have, and I know millions of individuals uh, do each year. Um, and uh, it stems from your service and sacrifice that you made on behalf of our, our country and in Vietnam. And I'm just very grateful uh, for your leadership and uh, that of many, many individuals who have served our country in, in that way. And uh, so uh, in the same way, uh, what began as a, a vision probably 20 years ago, uh, our Peace Corps community felt that it was important to commemorate uh, America's ideals and values of compassion and generosity and perseverance that are embodied and symbolized by Peace Corps uh, and volunteer service abroad. And so what began as that vision uh, was uh, then uh, by a bipartisan congressional authorization given a, given a congressional charter back in 2014, and the Peace Corps Commemorative Work Act was passed. And uh, since then, we have worked on developing a design concept for the Peace Corps Commemorative Park. Uh, we have been able to secure a very, um, I think, ideal uh, location um, on Louisiana Avenue and First uh, Street Northwest, uh, just off of the National Mall and at the foot of the Capitol uh, grounds um, that has been assigned by the National Park Service for this Peace Corps Park. And uh, we have completed the design concept process, which was approved by the different commissions and entities that are responsible for the design approvals. And now we're moving forward with the final design of Peace Corps Park. And uh, expect to have that completed toward the end of the year or early next year. And we are hoping that with all the other uh, technical requirements that we have, we could potentially break ground um, about this time next year or sometime in 2024 um, at the latest uh, and complete the project um, by early 2025. So um, we're on track in, in that sense, but having the approvals on the design concept um, was a, a major hurdle. And, and with that behind us, now we're moving forward very relatively quickly, I would say. Um, we do have uh, financial requirements, of course, for a project like this. Uh, in the scheme of things, it's a relatively modest budget of just $10 million that would uh, cover all the um, construction and landscaping and and artwork of uh, the, the Peace Corps Park. Um, it um, is notable that uh, the board of directors uh, of uh, the Peace Corps Commemorative Foundation have either contributed themselves or raised from their family and friends and networks already uh, 1.5 million of that um, by the end of 2022. And and now going into this year, we have reached uh, about 2.2 uh, million of that $10 million raised already. So we're off to a good start, uh, but we still have close to $8 million to raise 
And uh, that is uh, my primary responsibility as we go forward is uh, reaching out to our community and beyond to uh, raise the funding for this project, um, which, um, you know, relatively modest as it is, uh, has a, a, a cost that we must uh, provide support for from the private sector. Yeah. You know, you, you made a very miraculous sort of, uh, you, you have an ability to get things done, obviously, you, you and your colleagues there. But uh, getting the the design approved by these uh, federal commissions, that's very hard work. And uh, (laughs) it it requires a lot of patience. But uh, somehow or another, you got this through. And I think maybe it's the brilliance of this design, the modesty of it. And uh, somehow you got this through and now you it's only a few more steps away from getting a construction permit. And, and, and I guess you would, would they actually build this off site somewhere in another city or how would you actually get this to be where you want it to be? <laughs> right. Great question. the design concept includes uh, the, uh, the creation of three embracing arms of granite. Uh, which are pretty substantial in size, and those would be quarried from a location that's yet to be determined, and then uh, they would be sculpted um, actually in Wisconsin. Uh, I believe it's in Madison, Wisconsin, where the the designated sculptor is, and the engravings and other things would occur there. Then they would be transported uh, to uh, Washington, D.C. for installation and the rest of the construction work and landscaping. So uh, some of it is actually produced off-site, uh, but ultimately brought to the, the site that we have here, which I should note is not much bigger than the, the size of a basketball court. So it is quite modest, uh, but in the scheme of things, Peace Corps is a, a modest part of our national service programs. Uh, you know, it re- operates, uh, the federal agency for the Peace Corps operates on about $430 million a year, which is a, a very small amount of our federal budget. So a small place in Washington, D.C. is... is uh, is appropriate for us, uh, but it's a very meaningful place and will be uh, certainly hopefully visited by many people. Yeah, that's a a nice uh, place in Washington, D.C. It's also very close to uh, one of my favorite sort of memorials, which is for the Black Japanese Americans who served in in the U.S. military during World War II. And... uh, very moving because uh, the, these people had some real uh, problems. They were put into camps up in Washington and Oregon and and uh, uh, not treated very well by the, our government. And ultimately, the uh, many of them, like Senator Hayakawa, who's now retired, uh, he lost a, an arm fighting in, in uh, France, I think. But uh, there were some great people who, who did, did some great work to get that done. And uh, I've always been inspired by it whenever I have an opportunity to see it. And also the, the, the government <laughs> paid reparations, basically. Everybody who was alive uh, got a check for, I think, ten dollars or $12,000. So, you know, there's... Uh, one way that uh, symbolically, I think it said more than the, the finances went, but uh, 
it was something else. History is uh, an amazing thing, and it's always worth reading about it and learning about it and, and hoping that we learn to better ways to solve problems than we, <laughs> than we have. And uh, I certainly hope so. So how many employees does the Peace Corps have now, and, and where are they? Uh, the Peace Corps agency itself, um, I believe, has roughly 3,000 employees. Um, and, and uh, of course, uh, uh, most of the 7,000-plus volunteers were evacuated during the pandemic. Uh, they are starting to return now uh, to service. Uh, I believe the current number of volunteers that, that have been redeployed is around uh, 2,000, uh, with the intent to bring that number upwards of 5,000 toward the end of the year. Um, should note that there is a new program established uh, post-pandemic by the Peace Corps, which is in Vietnam. And currently, I believe there are nine or ten volunteers, Peace Corps volunteers serving in Vietnam uh, in a program that opened last year. Uh, but Peace Corps is uh, ramping up again and, and sending volunteers out uh, again. Uh, generally, prior to the pandemic, the numbers of volunteers were around uh, 7,300 uh, to 7,500 volunteers at, a, at any given time. That's fantastic. Well, I want to wrap it up now by thanking you for this, by pointing out some of the uh, short-term and long-term uh, uh, goals of, at the Peace Corps and telling us about this very exciting memorial. A lot of times, you know, people are inundated with all, all kinds of news and, and uh, things like this don't get on TV. So there's, there'll be a public relation component of this that will help your fundraising. So uh, I can certainly help you put that together. And I'm, I'm not charging anybody any money or anything. So, uh, but I'm just happy to help something that's uh, uh, that's interesting and needed like this. So we're going to say goodbye, but not goodbye forever, but goodbye to Glenn. Bloomhorst. Bloomhorst. Bloomhorst, yes. Thank you, sir. Beautiful Irish name. <laughs> well, keep, keep well, it's it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much you know, for the opportunity to visit with you, and it's an honor to meet you and, and all that you've accomplished on behalf of the Vietnam veterans of, of America. And, you know, as I said, we believe now is the time to add Peace Corps Park to the symbolic landscape of our, our capital here, and that signifies our country's commitment to peace, our ideals and values, and our fundamental humanity. So, uh, you know, this is very consistent with the work that you've done as well. Yeah, yeah, this, uh, this war is uh, pretty, pretty tough stuff. And uh, I got shot up pretty severely in 1969. I think I just turned 19 years of age, and uh, <laughs> it was a lot to deal with. Anyway, Keep up the good work, and uh, we will talk again soon. Thank you. Thank you very much, sir. All right.